Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavey, Special Projects Counsel for the American Legion, and I am joined, as always, by Jeff Daly, Hollywood Post 43, formerly of Michigan. Formerly? I'm always Michigan. You can take the boy out of Michigan, but you can't take the awesome out of the boy. Once a Michigan... he, you are pure Michigan, I will say that. And also, from our nation's capital, we have Ashley Garbolja-Moldonado, who is playing with girl figurines. Girl army First of all, figurines. I'm just going to stop you right there. Girl figurines? What are Those are girl army Those are figurines. toy soldiers that happen to be Hey, women. man, I, I don't want to misgender them. I You had to tell me because I kept saying, what's the army guy? Which army guy is that? Well, we're going to talk about gender today. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about that today, okay? So, very important that we're inclusive and diverse. Look at how cool these are, right? Anyway, doing well. Thanks for asking. I can't tell from here. They're all green. Anyway, we have our guest today is Jennifer Dane. She's a veteran of the United States Air Force who served as an intelligence analyst focused on geopolitical relations, terrorism, and threat vulnerability issues. She currently serves as the executive director of the military, or excuse me, the Modern Military Association of America, the nation's largest nonprofit organization working to advance fairness and equality for the LGBTQ community. She has uh, earned a diversity and inclusion certificate from Cornell University, an associate degree in intelligence studies from the Community College of the Air Force, Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice from Bethel University, a Master of Arts in Criminal Justice from Arizona State, a Master's of Arts in Educational Policy from The Ohio State University, and is a Public Policy and Social Change PhD student at Union Institute and University. Jennifer has a wide range of diversity, equity, and inclusion consultancy and training experience, having worked with U.S. Department of Defense, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, Uber, HBO Max, NBC, Comcast, and others. She's passionate about her commitment to leaving the world a better place than it was before she was born. So in just a second, we will get to Jennifer, but let's take our first quick commercial break. Diddly, diddly. 100 Miles for Hope is back, and we're taking it to the next level. This year, you could choose over 40 different activities and track your progress on a handy mobile app. We have sweet swag to commemorate your journey, including tech shirts, baseball caps, hoodies, pins, patches, and challenge coins. All proceeds from these purchases support veterans and military families through the Veterans and Children Foundation. Head to legion.org slash 100 miles to get started. And now we are joined by Jennifer Dane. Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to spend a few minutes with us here today. So thank you. All right, Ashley, you get the first question today. All right. So for our listeners, so the Modern Military Association for America, otherwise known as MMAA, is the nation's largest organization of LGBTQ service members, military spouses, veterans, their families, and allies. And we are joined here with the amazing Jennifer Dane. And 
really excited to have you on Jennifer because your you know nonpartisan nonprofit 501c organization is working to make real difference in the lives of our modern military families through education advocacy and support and I know that you provide free direct legal ser services for LGBTQ and HIV positive military and veteran communities and I wanted to start the show off by, you know, kind of picking your brain a little bit about some of the misconceptions or common misconceptions of um, that people have about the LGBT military community or military connected community. Yeah, first off, thank you so much for having me here and thank you for these questions. Um, it's always uh, exciting to get to share our work with everyone. Um, so one of the main misconceptions is basically about who we are. Um, we are just humans like everyone else. We uh, deal with the same problems from car pickup line to uh, you know waiting in line for our Starbucks order. Um, so we are just normal folks um, who just happen to serve our country or have partners that serve their, our country or you know or even family members of service members. So that's probably one of the biggest things is we also have a story to share and uh, we make up quite a bit of the force. Interesting fact is that the DOD and the Department uh, of Homeland Security is the number one employee, employer for trans uh, service members or trans individuals overall in the country. So it's pretty interesting that you know these lives intersect. Um, and the only thing we really wanna do is make sure that our country is safe like everyone else. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I really, I love everything you just said there. Like we are human first, right? And through the services that you provide, um, I know that we'll, we'll probably talk about uh, a few of the programs and resources, but um, I'll throw it over to Mark or Jeff, whoever wants to take next question. Wait, wait, wait. You just asked one question? Yes, I'm trying I, to. <laughs> I am shocked. shocked. Jennifer Dane, you are witnessing history here on Tango <laughs> Alpha Lima. And I'm going to start out with two things. We have, I have two problems with you as a person. Number one, you stand in line for Starbucks and coffee's gross. I, yeah, I said it publicly <laughs> and I'm not afraid of it. And if you're going to send me hate mail, send me hate mail. Coffee's disgusting. And second is you have so many degrees. And I, I wish that one of them was not from Ohio State University. You're correct. I left the off of it. But he, you know, somebody had to go to the better school, you know, you know, out of well, all Yeah, of they did. So, and I and thank it was you. me. So thank you. <laughs> yes. I see that. I see that yes. Air Force Community College taught you some smack talk. All right. So I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about. I got here down to the bottom and I see some of the places you've worked with, including some of the things here in my backyard and Hollywood at HBO and NBC, Comcast and such. And I'm wondering what kind of work do you do with them? Is it just, is it LGBTQ plus military or, or do you do some things that aren't military related? So it's really interesting. So we have a lot of employee resource groups or business resource groups that come to us and say, Oh my goodness, we just realized that there is this intersection between military and LGBTQ and we have those two populations that come together and we want to figure out how to support those people. It's kind of really kind of interesting for me because I'm like, yes, we've always existed and I'm so glad that you're recognizing us here. Um, so that's a lot of the things that we do is we go in and say, how can you best support as a corporation um, 
or an organization to best support those communities. Because we do know that there's, you know, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed 10 years ago um, this September. So there are, is some like historical trauma that does occur still. Um, some of the stuff we do with HBO is, you know, we, we work with them to do casting calls for folks that they are looking for, for uh, diverse backgrounds. Um, I've even worked with uh, Uber up in the San Francisco area, just to say like, this is how you could, this is how you can look at um, corporate philanthropy. And this is how that you make an impact and just making sure that we're, you know, in those spaces, because those are just as important because the corporate partnerships are so critical, especially right now, whenever it's sometimes easier for a corporation to stand up and say, this is our values and this is what we want when policy is kind of stifled. And it kind of pushes some policy -ish initiatives even further whenever you have large corporations like a HBO or like an Uber that can stand up and say, we support these groups, especially my our group um, and have like a, a bigger stake in the game for us and supporting us. So there's a lot of a lot of that, but overall it's just training to say like, who are these folks? Who are these people? How can we best leverage their talents? Um, and how can we just be a be better overall? So you're so you're advocating for uh, hiring. So it's 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 more about hiring um, on the business side, not necessarily on the entertainment side, and then uh, leveraging their clout for public advocacy as well. Absolutely, and also educating around, you know, even military spouses, because that's one area issue that, you know, we don't talk about enough is what happens whenever you have really great talent that happens to also be a military spouse that wants to get in industries and they have sometimes this gap in employment. And it's not because they're, they aren't wonderful talent, but just saying, you know, because we move all the time and because we get stationed in different places, there's always not opportunities. So making sure that we really place individuals with the best folks. Um, and we try obviously for LGBTQ service members and families and, and everyone else. But obviously like for, for us, we think that we're stronger together. So if I can refer anyone else to any business, um, we're also about that too. And just making sure that our military community as a whole is taken care of um, because we are stronger together. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Mr. CV. All right. So I actually wanted to back up a little bit and go back to your bio and actually what what brought you here. So, you know, uh, you served in the Air Force. I know you were in intelligence. and Now you're into advocacy and everything else. And obviously that's your true calling. But I'm kind of curious about how the entire timeline kind of worked there. Uh, so... I, I always call myself an accidental advocate because I never thought I'd be in this space, um, nor did I ever think that I'd be, you know, the executive director and CEO of this organization. Um, so I joined the military whenever I was 22 years old um, after working so many jobs. And I just found out that I just needed to, to do something different and make a, a change for life of my life. Cause I eventually wanted to go to law school or I thought I did. Um, and I eventually wanted to run for Senate, which I still do someday, uh, many years now, many years from now. Um, so I joined with that, those aspirations and knowing that service, a service connection heart would, it would drive me to get in those places. So in 2010, I signed up for the military and interestingly enough, um, it was during don't ask, don't tell. And I, I uh, signed this paper that said, if you were found to have, uh, to, if you were found to do homosexual conduct of any kind, you'd be discharged from the military. And I still have that paper that sits on my desk. I look at it every day because I want to make sure that 
I remember what I'm doing, why I'm doing the work that I do. So I signed that paper knowing full of well that I was a lesbian, <laughs> but I also wanted just to serve our country and it shouldn't matter who I fell in love with or you know, who I liked. Um, that didn't have anything to do with my career and how, and how I could better you know, the military. So I joined and so in 2010, I went to basic training in the Intel school. And I, like one in three women, was a victim of sexual violence or a survivor of sexual violence. And I decided that because of that issue, I wanted, I decided to report it because I knew if I would require my troops to do that, um, that I should, should go ahead and do that. So I did report it and went up the chain of command and did everything that was, that, you know, was a part of reporting. Um, and a couple months later, when the trial, we were prepping for the trial, the defense attorney came to me and asked me if I was gay. And I told them, I'm like, you cannot, you cannot ask me this. We're serving, I'm serving under don't ask, don't tell. Um, and so I had to, to just tell them, no, I, I can't tell you. I don't know how you know this. Um, and I had to hire a defense attorney to represent me because in the process of reporting and doing the right thing, I was investigated for being gay and potentially being kicked out of the military. You know, for me, that part was probably the most traumatic the sexual violence, you know, I feel like I've worked through a lot of that, but just knowing that I was just being me and I was doing the right thing and unintended consequences of policies that were intended for good really impacted. So whenever, uh, so fast forward, he didn't get convicted. <laughs> he did it again. He didn't get convicted again. Um, but he ended up getting discharged for different reasons out of the military, uh, which is a, a larger, a larger uh, topic of discussion at a much later time, because I mean, it's, it's ongoing, uh, of course. But so I decided after that, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed in 2011. Um, and in 2010, there was some provisions. So they did kind of let, stop the investigation into me shortly after, because they knew that the legislation was coming down the pipeline. Um, so for me, whenever I did my service, I finished it, was always a hard charger, um, promoted early every time. And I got out and I said, you know, I need to go and do some policy work and look at policies and make sure that we are doing policies that explore all the intended consequences. Um, and really in 2016, I did not want anything to do with the military. I wanted to be the furthest away that I could. So I went to Ohio State um, and started pursuing my degree in education policy. And what kept on happening is that the military just kept on knocking and saying, come back, come, you know, come back to us. And so I uh, ended up, you know, becoming involved in, uh, at the time it was called the American Military Partner Association, which was also an LGBTQ family organization. Um, and then in 2019, uh, we ended up merging with OutServe SLDN um, and we became the Modern Military Association of America. And about a year ago, um, I was selected as the interim executive director after being the education director for a little bit and having a lot of, a lot of other history um, in the organization as an unpaid volunteer for many, many years. Um, and so that's kind of how I got to the path that I'm at is, you know, I was, sometimes I was in the right places at the right times. Um, but I mean, I was always doing the work whether it was seen or not. Um, I was always trying to progress the LGBTQ military and veteran community and figure out how we could do it in a way that's beneficial for all.
Sure. Uh, and so when you were doing a lot of this advocate, where were you physically located? Yeah, during my time, I was always, because I was stationed at Davis Mothin Air Force Base in okay. Tucson, Arizona. So most of it was there. And then some of it was whenever I was at Ohio State in Columbus. Very good. All right. Well, we will take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with Jennifer in just a second. Tilly, tilly. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right, and we are now rejoined by Jennifer Dane. Jennifer, again, uh, I was just mentioning that this is the first time we've ever been on schedule, and Super Producer Holly says, don't jinx it. So, all right, Holly, I'm not going so to you jinx did. it. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> she told me not to. Of course I had to do it. All right, Ashley, you were up for round two. Go. All right, so the so you mentioned one of the organizations, uh, Jennifer, about – let me make sure it's the Service Members Legal Defense Network or the SLDN. And you also mentioned that, you know, there were, was it three or four organizations that focus on serving respected communities that came together in the merge or is it less? Oh, that's that's accurate. So for a long time, it was started out. So we started in 1993 with Service Legal Defense Network, SLDN, mm-hmm. and they ended up merging <laughs> I'll tell you this, it's a merger story. Um, I feel like it's the office or something um, in the merger episode. Oh, I hope yeah, it, I, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. I'm like Dunder Mifflin all day, baby, yes. all day. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so uh, SLDN merged with another group called OutServe and they became OutServe SLDN. And then uh, they acquired um, another organization that focused specifically on families. Um, and then in 2019, those organizations merge with the American Military Partner to make us the leading voice for the LGBTQ community. So basically what our goal was is to just take the best of everything that we had and make sure that we are putting you know, our resources and our finances and just doing the good fight together um, and making sure that our voice is heard at a much broader scale. Um, and we currently, because of that, because of our past history, we have a history since 93, we have 85,000 members um, across the globe, 67 chapters. So it's been really, um, it's been really exciting. So I'll tell you kind of another interesting story that, you know, this happened also during Don't Ask, Don't Tell with all these groups formed. And I was a part of OutServe during my military service. And it was really interesting because a lot of it was done on Facebook. So what you would have to do is you'd have to, you know, find somebody that was LGBTQ, which was sometimes kind of hard because you also didn't want to out yourself um, on the base or anywhere. And you would have to see if they would vet you to be to join this private secret Facebook group and be a member. So it was kind of like this underground, like secret club that everybody was in. Um, And you hoped that, you know, you you weren't found out by, you know, for me, I was in the Air Force, so um, it was the Office of Special Investigations. We were hoping that we would not be found out, but, you know, we knew that there was a risk that we we took when joining those, and I, I was also a chapter leader for Arizona for a long time um, during this history, uh, so that's kind of like the evolution, and it's so interesting to see how, how far we came from, you know, being in these underground secret Facebook groups to now being really open and honest 
um, and just really talking about some of the harms that were caused during the service um, and don't ask, don't tell. Wow. I, well, I, I love it when a plan comes together and I love when organizations come together to, you know, unite and join the fight under, under one name. I love it. So very, very cool, Jennifer. I, I know I know Mark and Jeff have questions and maybe I'll squeeze another question in. <laughs> yep, can I guess hear, I will. Can oh, you hear her you. lobbying for round three already? This is uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. All right, you're up, Jeff. All right. I I want to make a little observation. I I, I noticed in the military, well, those secret Facebook groups kind of go with your intel background. So it's that's kind of you do a little cloak and dagger, secret squirreling there. That's awesome. And one of your things was being an analyst focused on threat vulnerability issues. Now, so for the military, you're analyzing threats external. And now I think it's interesting that you're kind of being an activist for internal threats for, for, for different populations within the military and in the veteran community. And in that, I ask you, what can organizations like the American Legion do to support your mission? And if we've done anything so far, please feel free to, to throw that in as well. Yeah, so one of the things is, you know, allyship is so important. Uh, I always talk about how sometimes it takes those that aren't LGBTQ to elevate the voices. And I mean, we also see this in the minority communities too, is, you know, sometimes it's easier for, you know, a certain voice to step up and say, this is wrong, um, or we need to make changes and they get more traction than, um, than, than other, other people or other groups or other organizations. So I think just partnering along with us is the number one, number one thing, you, you know, as American Legion. And, you know, also like recognizing that the, the past, there was harms that, you know, and naming that and really saying, you know, we may have been wrong in the past because a lot of the big um, veteran serving organizations, not saying that American Legion has, but I'm just saying like in, in general, overall in general, they've not always had the best approach to what this looks like. And some of them said, some of them even, even issued statements that said, don't ask, don't tell, uh, should not have been repealed. And so just really taking that organizational history and saying, yeah, we, we were wrong about that, but we're trying to make it right. And as, an, as a large organization like the American Legion, that's a huge, huge, you know, support. But as an individual, like somebody that's just, you know, a, a private citizen or whatnot, and that happens to be a member, sometimes it's as easy as, I always say, voting with your money. So going to business establishments that don't, that, that don't, um, give to anti-LGBTQ legislation. So there's many, I mean, you can go and look at who gives money to what campaign and what, and there's this really amazing, you know, fast food restaurant um, that's closed on Sundays, but I know that for sure that they do not support LGBTQ service members or LGBTQ um, folks in general. So I choose not to go to those places. So it's as simple as giving your money to places that support the causes that you care about. And if you care about those causes, absolutely go and and go there and eat there or buy there. But your dollar matters just as much as your vote matters. And so make sure that you're doing some strategic, you know, examination. And there's there's a website called OpenSecrets.gov or org. 
opensecrets.org that really tells you like all about organizations and companies and corporations and where they actually send their money. And it's pretty eye-opening um, whenever you're considering anything, any, anything you're buying. But, but overall, it's just being supportive and sharing, you know, and I mean, I also say that sometimes there's a time that whenever you have a place of privilege that you either invite us in and let us share our stories, because just like mine, um, most people don't know that that, that happened. Um, so just getting some more information, but otherwise sometimes it's just making the space for other voices to be heard. And whenever you have that, that privilege and being in those environments and advocating for certain things, um, inviting us to the table or taking the table out is, is so critical as we move forward. And, you know, for me, I make sure that I do that every day for folks and elevate their voices. And um, because sometimes I'm not the voice that needs to be heard. And I know that to be true, but actually putting people in places that their voice needs to be heard so that they can progress their issue and their mission in ways that they had not had before. And that answered my question. So I will. You, it's it's amazing that I can ask a simple question and you know the answer and you know the answer to what would be the follow up. It's it's awesome and it's not as annoying as when those other two do it. So yeah. I like I appreciate you. I, I know virtually nothing. Uh, so, uh, my uh, my question actually deals with uh, you had said that you were on the education. Is that what you were handling for them before? Yes, education. So my question is more like the organization itself obviously has various programs. Some of them I saw on there with legal defense and obviously education. But can you talk about what the actual different facets of your organization are do for veterans out there or currently serving uh, military personnel? Absolutely. So one of our, our education arms is we um, provide, it's called a rainbow shield training. It's a cultural competency training that really focuses on how to work or who LGBTQ service members and veterans are, how to work with them, how to support them in the best ways. And also not only LGBTQ, but HIV positive folks. Um, so a disclaimer is that HIV positive folks don't always have to be LGBTQ. Um, and that's also, um, education that we're trying to also provide that to say, like, they are kind of separate entities. Um, they could be the same, but sometimes they're not. Um, but really like looking at the historical impacts because we know that Don't Ask, Don't Tell did cover, you know, lesbian, gay and bisexuals, but it didn't, it didn't shield those that were trans, transgender. So what that looked like was whenever uh, former President Trump tweeted about the trans ban um, that really marginalized that population because it wasn't codified into law. And so really looking at, you know, these interesting complexities, and we even go back into the history to the first ever military, and I think it was 1786, I think, maybe even earlier, I'm probably getting these dates wrong, but we had the first service member that was discharged for being homosexual from the military, and he was literally like marched off with drums um, and said, don't come back. So our history goes back until like the very beginnings of the country um, where service members were definitely represented and maybe not highlighted as much, but they still de definitely were there. So just giving an awareness and also one of our strategies, or at least my strategy, is just to humanize who we are uh, because, because after you know me as a person, then it becomes a little bit easier to have um, an understanding of, you know, kind of what my struggles are. And, and so it's just creating a dialogue and 
um, with our educational platforms. We also, in the next month, um, we're launching this uh, it's called the Freedom to Serve Guide. It's the definitive guidebook for LGBTQ service. Um, and that just covers really like, what does it mean to be an LGBTQ service member? Um, like even starting from coming out to, you know, what things can you do legally if you need support or or whatever or whatnot. And also provides some kind, sometimes like organizations and also commands um, and service members and allies with just an opportunity to really understand. These are some of the key areas of impact. Um, and we really got input from so many organizations on, you know, what did we really need to put in there from caregiving to childcare to, you know, what does it mean for promotion and, and, you know, being open about your open and honest or not at all. Um, and it's not a linear process. Um, so that's kind of our education. We also do a program called Mill Pride, which service members uh, who have children that are LGBTQ also need to be supported in trying to find out resources. Um, we saw 2021 was the, was the most, the year of the most anti-trans legislation uh, put into place. So we know that three states now ban healthcare for transgender individuals. And we know that there's 13 installations that make up those three states. So what does it mean for a family who happens to have a dependent that needs healthcare and now it's a felony for their doctors in three states? Um, what do you do as a family? So we're trying to make sure that we you know, educate around that fact that you know our national security is at stake because you know our families aren't being supported on the home front. Um, because not only are you going to to war at work, but then you're coming home, and and doing this for your your child or your partner. Um, so just making sure that those you know those things are addressed. We also have a really big legislative push. Um, that we do, we make sure that we partner with other folks and bipartisan. I mean, we always make sure to include everyone in the conversation because, um, because like I said earlier, you know, we're stronger together. And if we can do it together um, and advance not only the LGBTQ community, but advance everyone, um, that's just, for me, that's just more, you know, inclusive. And it's a better approach when we can have everyone's voice represented. Um, even sometimes if it's not directly the LGBTQ voice, maybe it's the women veterans voice, uh, maybe it's a, another a racial minority voice. Uh, so that's kind of kind of our broad approach of what we do. We also have really fun events. So this year, we're, this is gonna be the first that anyone hears of this, but um, on this podcast, but we're uh, launching an executive women's uh, wellness summit. Uh, that's going to be launching this fall. And we're also launching a leadership conference um, in the fall as well. Uh, and then we're doing it in um, a virtual gala in September for the repeal, the 10 year anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So we kind of like do it all. We have a lot of fun, um, a lot of seriousness, but at the end of the day, we make sure that, you know, we're just doing the best for the country. All right, Ashley, I'm going to, you got two minutes. You know what, Jennifer went on to answer my questions about Good. programs, about Rainbow Shield certification. She touched on any new, new initiatives, new, new, new initiatives, right? So super excited to hear about so conferences. We're, we're, so. we're going to actually finish on time. We are. Bravo, Jennifer. Bravo. Yes. This is a first for us. <laughs> Well, Jennifer, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day and uh, coming to talk to us and all the great things you guys have going on. Where should we steer people who want more information? 
Yeah, so our website is www.modernmilitary.org. You can also find us on every social media platform except for TikTok, not yet, maybe one day. Um, we're even on Tiltify, so you can stream us and see us at Tiltify on Twitch. Uh, so we do have membership, uh, membership representation there. Um, so yeah, you can find us all over the place. And if you want to email us, it's info at modernmilitary.org. Um, always would love to, you know, take a call. You can just find us anywhere. We're open to it. There you go. And, Jennifer and thank, you. thank you for having us. It's, it's really an honor too. Absolutely. We appreciate you being on here. All right. Well, we are going to take our second commercial break and we'll be back just in a minute. But Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, Ashley, what's, uh, what's the major takeaway on this one? So my major takeaway is that this is an incredibly important organization that has combined forces over, what, since 1993? So let me do the math on that. I'll be, okay, it's almost 28 years. <laughs> so they've been around, they know what's up, and they're here to educate and advocate and provide, you know, just all of these resources. And I think Jennifer is like the full package. She has all this experience, this education, she is a hard charger and an accidental advocate, and I think that she is positioned in a place to really make a difference. Jeffrey? Well, for a person who enjoys coffee and has educational <laughs> history as a Buckeye, I was still impressed. Uh, she has so much education. She has more degrees than I've probably read books. So I, I can't help but be impressed. And I like her approach to things it's uh she's cognizant of her mission but she's also really inclusive of things outside of her mission i do uh, sometimes uh, activists get so caught in this is my issue this is the only thing i want to talk about this is all that matters nobody i just blind her vision and she does not do that and i think that that is going to be a benefit not only to her mission, but the the global human mission as well. That we uh, can get, we can all get along better. We can all understand each other better. We can all listen to each other better, and just generally communicate better. And I feel like she's on the forefront of that. Yeah, I think communication is really key, obviously. And you know, when you're in advocacy, you got to learn that. You're not going to bring everybody all the way with you. The key mm -hmm. is to bring every person a little bit closer to you. And it's only through those interpersonal, you know, relationships and talking to people. But she's a very well-spoken advocate for her cause. And, you know, right. I can't help but wish her the best on everything. So Absolutely. Mark, I, I just want to say I really think that, you know, as as American Legion, as, as our listeners are out there, it's just really, like, check out this organization and see how you can continue to be diverse and inclusive at all of our posts across the country. I just think it's incredibly important as we're celebrating Pride Month, the month of June, um, and all of the other, you know, 
at large things that are happening in the world right now. And I think we just need to be continuously kind to one another and share our stories and be as accepting and inclusive and treat others with respect. There you go. Uh, All right. So remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us, preferably five stars. And if you want to send us uh, feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. All right, folks, that wraps it up for us here today. We will see you next week. Bye.